Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This morning, I was listening to Bishop Oyedepo. He said something which really blessed me. He made a statement. He said, every prophetic season requires a certain level of discipline. Every prophetic season, every prophetic season requires people to enter into it through discipline. There is a corresponding discipline required to partake and to be a beneficiary of a prophetic season. So I believe we are in a prophetic season and there is a certain type of discipline required to enter it. When God wants to bless you, he will guide you into certain things that you must watch this, that you must do. But we have only in our modern days, only focused on the guidance of God that he gives to us only into about what we must do and we leave out what we must stop doing. So every prophetic season requires discipline, a certain level of discipline. It requires, you know, every, for instance, when a woman gets pregnant and she's expecting that when you go to the hospital, your, your first, let's say hospital appointment or when you meet the midwife, they will advise you as to some things that you must stop eating. Why? Because of the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Usually, I remember, they actually might ask you to not to be taking nuts because of the, the baby you are carrying. And so every season, prophetic season in a person's life requires a certain prophetic, a certain type of discipline for that season. Mm-hmm. I believe we are living in very favorable times. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what you hear on on the news. You have to tune, bend your ear to what the Lord is saying. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 2, verse 7, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the churches. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So the Spirit is always saying something to the churches. And it takes a certain level of sensitivity to hear. The problem with our modern day church is all we have is what they are saying on the news. But you can't live your life just based on what they are saying on the news, what the government is saying, and what... Uh, 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 society is saying some of it might not be false, much of it might have some truth in it, but it is not all that you got you have to know, you also have to know what the spirit is saying to the church Mm -hmm. he that has an ear let him let him hear what the spirit is saying to the churches revelation chapter 2 verse 7 revelation chapter 2 i think verse 11 revelation chapter 2 verse 17 revelation chapter 2 verse 28 and 29 he that has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches in revelation chapter 3 verse 6 verse 13 verse 22 the same thing he that has an ear let him hear what the spirit is saying to the churches so 
that means that the spirit can be speaking and you are deaf to the hearing uh, to the voice of the spirit in hebrews chapter uh um chapter 12 the, the bible talks about um uh, no chapter 5 i'm sorry chapter 5 i think from verse 11 12 13 it talks about we have a lot to say about melchizedek but we can't say because you are dull of hearing of whom we have many things to say and hard to utter seeing what seeing you are dull of hearing when your hearing is not sharp and you are not sensitive to what the lord is saying it is hard for god to communicate some deep things the spirit of god wants you to know so he said he said there's dullness of hearing so it is blocking the flow of our revelation the bible says, he that has an ear let him hear what the spirit is saying to the churches we are in interesting interesting favorable times where i believe god is about to do wonderful amazing things watch this in your life and through your life and every prophetic season listen you ask your mom ask your mom it doesn't matter your age. You ask your mom or ask your dad if they have witnessed a season like this we are going through. That there's lockdown, global lockdown. And for six months, in United Kingdom, for six months, practically six months, there was there, there are no schooling. Schools are all, all shut down. People are not going to work. People have to work from home. For six months, you ask your mom if she has seen some in her days before, or your dad. Or maybe you can take it further and ask your grandma. <laughs> this, this, these are rare moments. And so we are so fortunate to be alive to witness what is happening. That means that God also has a major, a major assignment or a major program for times like this. Because this is, most of the time, it is that the look when Jesus was born, star appeared. A unique star appeared, and wherever the child was, that's where it was determined the position of this of the star. Watch this. When Jesus died, the sun went on break for the first time. In just Joshua's time, the sun stood still. But when Jesus died, the star the sun went off. The sun was switched off when Jesus died. And so that means that the moves of God has some corresponding cosmic activities. Jesus was dying on the cross, but it was affecting everything in the cosmic world. When he was born, angels have to leave the presence of God to come and sing. They only sing before the God, before God. This time, the first time angels sang on earth. They had to come down without Zoom, without anything. They came, <laughs> came physically, they came and sang. <laughs> the choir of heaven, for the first time, had to sing on earth. They've always been singing in heaven. Why? Because Jesus was born. And when Jesus was born, it changed everything in our world. Even the, the way date was recorded had to be pinned to the time Jesus was born. Mm. It had to be pain with the arrival of Jesus. And so every major move of God, prophetic move of God, this is what I'm trying to say. Every major prophetic move of God affects global events. How can be, you can see indication, when you see indications of global events, that means that something major is about to happen. 
It might be the beginning of the Antichrist reign. It's, it might be rapture is about to take place. So everyone needs to be alert. Now, in a church like ours, Caris Ministry, Caris Ministries, where we have a prophetic word that this is our year of faith. In this our year of faith, we have seen all kinds of things happening in our times. And those who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. So it does not matter what is happening around. You are going to have an upper hand. You are actually going to be, this is your time to be strong. Not only be strong, it is your time to do exploits. Hallelujah. And the beautiful, the beautiful news is that before we started this year, I went praying and God laid on my heart that this month of September is a month of breaking limits. So it hasn't got to do with pandemic, but God who knew pandemic was ahead, knew that this is the time he has set prophetically, are you getting what I'm saying? Prophetically for somebody to break limits. Now, so then if we are in a prophetic season and a prophetic era, it requires a certain level of, di of discipline. For you to be a full-blown beneficiary of such a prophetic moment. I see that happening for you in the name of Jesus. Now, this last Thursday and this morning, the message I taught, I believe is part of the disciplinary directions to be a full-blown beneficiary of what God is doing. Thank you. The message was you have to be in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Some of us are in church by so sad. You are so much in the flesh. Full of flesh. And those somebody asked me a question, which I know some of you will be asking now here. What is the difference? How do you know when you are in the flesh? How do you know when you're operating in the flesh and then how you're operating in your soul? How do you know when you are being sakikosic or sukikosic? When you are sukikos or sakikos? When you are working in the flesh, Bible says that to be carnally minded is enmity to God. Verse 8 of Romans chapter 8 is a bit scary, you know. Romans chapter 8, verse 8. A little bit scary. They that are in the flesh, what? Cannot please God. It's a concern. You cannot please God if you are in the flesh. Because verse 6 says that to be in the flesh, it means carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Those that are in the... Um, verse, verse, verse 5. Verse 5. Um, let's go to the verse 6, sorry. I'm looking, verse 7, sorry. Verse 7, it says that uh, to be, verse 7, yes. To be carnally minded is enmity against God. So now what does it mean to be carnally? You are so much in the flesh. You are living like someone who does not have God to account to. Who does not, God has not spoken. You, the law of God and the demands of God are not relevant. You live your life in spite of that. That's the flesh. You do, you do things like people who don't believe. You, the other time somebody was telling somebody that, what is it? 
I mean, God cannot mean it. The Bible cannot mean it when he says don't fornicate. I mean, that cannot be real. That, I mean, how, I mean how, how can that be real? How can that be real that a human being like you, you don't fornicate? How? You can't take the Bible to be serious on that matter. <laughs> you, you will burn in the hottest part of hell. You, you are saying that. <laughs> you will burn. So when you are in the flesh, whatever God says, you disregard. It, do, it doesn't, it doesn't, you do, you act contrary to what the scripture says. What the scripture says, don't know. So, so you see some people, they say they are Christians. So, and you say, no, but the Bible says, oh, no, please, let's put the Bible aside. Aha, that's the flesh person talking. That's the real flesh talking. Let's put the Bible aside. Let's put, you can never obey God or you can never be in the spirit when you put the Bible aside. You can. So as soon as you say, let's put the Bible aside, you have made, you have taken an enemy stance against God. He said, to be carnally minded is enmity against God. You actually become, I, God, I hate you. I am fine. You say, God, I'm about to fight you. I'm, I'm, I'm not on your side. And he said, for it is not subject to the law of, you see, I said the law, the law of God, neither can it. You cannot be in the flesh and sub, be subject to God's law. So I don't want to do it my way. I don't want to do I want to do it my way. I want to do. Listen, those of you who have been fornicating, let me say it again. If you are fornicating, as you are in the business of fornicating, remember you are on the side against God. You have taken sides against God. Yeah. You know, it's like we go to parliament and then labor, labor, someone in labor now move to go and sit on the other side and speaking against uh, against labor. So you have gone to join the opposition against God. Bible said it clearly said to be carnally minded is enmity against. Is there? No, it's enmity against God. You have chosen to stand against God. Then when you finish, then I want to eat communion for breakthrough. <laughs> you say, Pastor, the prayers is not working nowadays. They pray for me, it didn't work. You didn't make it work. You invalidated all the declarations you are making. So to be now, does it mean you when you are born again, you can you can be born again and every now and then you are carnal? So some of you are genuinely born again, but yesterday you went to fornicate. Mm. Is it only fornication? Yeah, yeah. Because of you. Because of you, I'm making it only fornication because of you. (laughs) (laughs) Pastor, is it is it only that? You are born again, but you acted in the flesh. But you can never be born again if you live in the flesh. You are not born again. If you live in the flesh and you operate normally as an as an unbeliever, there is no difference. Then I put it to you: you are hundred percent carnal, and that cannot be someone who is on the side of God. So to be carnal means you are uh, to be fleshy means you are operating outside of God's demands and outside of a desire to do it God's way. You are operating outside of that. Now, to be sukikos, the soulish, is your soul. There are times you can't be reading your Bible or sharing the scripture with somebody, and yet you are doing it to spite somebody else. You are doing it out of the the uh, your soul you are trying to impress somebody there are times you can be raising your hand in church but you didn't mean to be honoring god but you are just doing it to look good so there are times you can be active in church but it's full of your soul 
you can be preaching. Paul said, some preach out of envy. That kind of preaching is out of the soul. First, Philippians chapter 1, verse 14, 15, somewhere there. He said, some people preach out of envy. Some people preach. He said, some indeed preach, uh, uh, they preach Christ even of envy and strife. Some also of goodwill. So you can preach out of envy. You can do it in a negative direction. Thinking you are doing it for God, but your motive is not from the spirit. Your motive is just carnal. All right. So you're natural. So Bible says the natural man, First Corinthians chapter two verse fourteen. The natural man does not receive the things of the spirit. Why? Because the things of the spirit are spiritually designed. Because they are spiritually discerned. And he said, neither. So he said, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. You have to be spiritual to be able to pick the things of the spirit. So the more you are in car- Now, what, what is, is that? The, the natural man cannot receive. Why cannot receive? For... The things of the spirit of God. Why? For they are foolishness to him. Now watch this. The fact that something makes sense to you does not necessarily may mean it's spirit. The fact that somebody told me, Pastor, I want to really deep, dig, dig deep into theological things so I can know properly. So once I know, I'm able to convince my friends. It is just your soul that wants to know. It's just, it's not God you are looking for, it's information you are looking for. You are going to buy all those spiritual books, not because you are looking for God, but because you are looking for information. You see, so you might be doing the right thing, not necessarily against God, but it is out of the uh, uh, of your natural self, your natural mind. It says that the things of the of the spirit are foolishness to the carnal mind. Why? When you say foolishness, you are talking about it doesn't make sense. It's only you say something is foolish when it doesn't make sense to you. Now, where, where does sense come from? Your intellect, you're operating in the natural. That's why First Corinthians, I quoted it this morning. First Corinthians chapter one, verse twenty-two. It says that the Jews, the, for the Jews require a sign. I want my eyes must see something. I want to see. You need, and the the Greeks require wisdom, wisdom. So that's why it's foolishness, because you are operating from your soul, your mind. So there are times you can do something even very religious, something that looks right. You can be speaking in tongues and still be in the flesh. You can be speaking. Some people, their tongues can sound big only when people are there for them to impress. But they actually not pray. They are speaking in tongues, but they are not praying. Now, guess what? Guess what? I sound like I'm speaking in tongues, but just saying yalaba yalaba, I'm not speaking in tongues because my purpose is not to pray. My purpose is just to make something to show you something. So the fact that I sound yalaba 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 does not necessarily mean I am in a prayer mode. I can be speaking in tongues naturally, or let me use the word carnally. In this sense, I can be speaking in tongues and still doing it carnally. Now, so the difference between being in the soul, being in the, your soul, and being in the uh, in the flesh is when you are in the flesh, you actually ask for you are off, off, outside of the radar of God. 
When you are in the soul, you might be in the radar of God by just your own sensual, according to your natural senses. You are doing operating pure from your natural senses. That's where you can easily miss God. So what should we do? We should operate in our spirit, pneumaticos. Okay, so you must operate from your spirit. Operating from your spirit is depending on your spirit, feeding your spirit on the way, with the word of God, and focusing your mind on the things that please God from your relationship with God. As you build your relationship with God, you are living and feeding and governing your life out of that rich relationship you are building with God in your spirit. God is a spirit, and then that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. I Romans chapter one verse nine. I thank my God who I serve in my spirit or from my spirit. And so it's important to understand that we have to engage our spirits at this time. So that will call for discipline. You cannot be sitting down watching all the movies, playing all the video games, engaging in all the parties you want. You can't engage in all conversation with everybody, every friend, auntie, uncle, brother, sister. You are always engaging in normal things in plenty and expect that your spirit will be in top shape. Am I making sense? So it is time, brothers and sisters, to separate ourselves from surface now. Today we have been reading Romans chapter 13 and I want us to go to Romans chapter 13. Somebody is certainly blessed tonight. So Romans chapter 13, oh, this scripture is so powerful. You know some scriptures, when I'm preaching, I'm about to read, I am, if I say I'm afraid, I'm not afraid, but it's like, I need to gather strength to read it because the thing is so heavy. You know, it's like you are coming to lift a heavy weight and you have to adjust your back in a certain way. Yes. You know, some scriptures, when I'm about to read, it feels like I have to now go back. Wow. You know, it's like when you're about to shoot um, an arrow, you put it in the, the bow and you stretch it. I feel like that. I'm about to, I feel like stretching something well, because stretch something it. powerful is about to come. Sometimes when I'm reading my Bible, I'm wondering why are, do people read the same thing we all read? <laughs> because the way that sister has been behaving, the way that brother has been behaving, did she see this one? Where it says that, I think chapter 2, second Timon chapter 2, I think verse 24, 25. He said, the servant of God must not strive. It's a serious thing. He said, verse 24, he said, the servant of the Lord must not strive. Give me new... A living translation. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel. Sister, the way you say, when you finish your current, you, you challenge my my understanding. <laughs> how does how does message Bible put it? You this lady who say I don't talk to that other person in church. It's not because the other person is just uh maybe kinda I mean it's just that. The other time there was some slight disagreement and the two of you don't talk. Shame. You are the one who made the communion not work in the math. God's servant must not be argumentative. Argumentative. 
but a gentle listener and a teacher of those uh, the, the, the teacher a teacher who keeps cool you you shouldn't niv you should not quarrel the lord's servants must not quarrel yeah, now, now, this god's servant one is not me it's okay I'm <laughs> so you say me i'm not god's servant so it's not no this guy see the other one is god's servant this one said the lord's servant and the uh, uh, the other one said this uh, king james new king james he said the servant of the lord uh, the servant of the lord. are you not a servant of the lord don't you serve god yes yeah, so he's talking about anyone who serves god Okay, anyone, if you are serving God, you do not strive. You are not quarrelsome. Your neighbors are unbelievers. They see you going to church always, but they know that you live with you. And every day, your house is like a war zone. Your mother is shouting. You're also shouting. A believer, when you finish, the devil is a liar. You are the liar. You are, you are, you are the liar. Hey! And you are quarreling with your. I know sometimes you can be caught off guard. That's different. But if it's every day and you are not doing anything about it, you are quarreling with your sister, your little sister, or your cousin who lives in your house. Every day, you have to quarrel a believer. You quarrel with somebody and they have to call the police. Ah! No, 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 no. You are fighting with your wife so much that they have to call the police and you're a believer. You are not ashamed of it. So some of you, your all your spirituality is the way you can shake. Thank God. Now shake and let's see. But those things are not a major determinant. What determines your growing is your spiritual life. Now, back to the text I quoted in Romans chapter um, 13. Or let's read from verse 12. It said, The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. The discipline it requires, God didn't say, I'm going to cast it off. We, sister, you have to take the personal trouble. The brother, you have to take the personal responsibility of casting off, cast off the works of darkness because he said the night is far spent. There was a time God was giving you relief, but at this stage of your life, we are moving into a prophetic season. You can't afford to go to be visiting that girl and doing all kinds of things. When you finish, you go, God, Lord, please forgive me. Forgive me. He has forgiven you last three weeks. He keeps forgiving. When the lockdown started, look at how far he went. At the you at the beginning of the lockdown, you dive into the deep waters. <laughs> but after it left you empty, now you are recovering yourself. Thank God, because you are born again, you can always come back. But you recover, but it's like every now and then, it's like almost every other week, or every week, or every three weeks, you have to go and do a U-turn. You have to go and do a U-turn. You have to, meanwhile, watch this, you are missing out big time because it is a season for God to empower you to break limits. It's, your, it's a season for God to favor you. There was a major testimony coming your way and mm. that detour made you miss that testimony. Mm. One thing I realized is when you are a Christian and God intends to bless you and you, you compromise on your stance, 
and you miss a blessing, most of the time you wouldn't even know you have missed a blessing. You went into a certain state and the favor of God was suspended. You acted, you did something that maybe in this meeting, a word was supposed to have come for you, but because of the detour, the word didn't come. And the word was supposed to come to release you into your noise face. Every prophetic season requires a certain type of discipline. Every prophetic season. And so the sometimes what you might think is normal, Tomorrow morning, they are going to make a decision on your case. But you, you didn't know their meeting. You didn't have a clue. You thought you have lost it, so you moved on. Not knowing tomorrow would have changed everything. But because you missed it, you didn't even know you still continue normal as though. But when you begin to walk with God in obedience and the fairness begin to come, you, I did, you will know that, ah, God is working for me. That's what I discovered. So those who are missing the blessings of God, they usually don't see it. It's only when the devil attacks them when they see that something is against them. But people miss the blessings of God without realizing that there was a blessing waiting for you for that day. Why? Because you are not in tune with the Holy Spirit or you are not operating in the discipline and the dictates for that prophetic season. Am I I making... So it's important. I want to challenge and I want to encourage you. We are living in a prophetic era. We are living in a prophetic season. I was sharing with somebody and I said, you see, you can choose to stop giving in church. Stop giving your tithe. You can choose. And you wouldn't realize you have disconnected yourself from some divine opportunities and divine blessings. You wouldn't realize because everything might be going normal normal for you when i say normal you go to work you come home or you go to school you come home you go to and you didn't you never knew that it came upon your boss's mind that they were going to hand over or make you a, a, a director it came on their mind and they were nico they were discussing it but one person said oh, i think she's not ready for that let's wait that one person you didn't know and so you go to work good morning hello hi pay or normal pay you never knew an opportunity has slipped you by it enters somebody's heart can you, i know some of you might know what i'm talking about maybe you have experienced some, something like what i'm i'm about to say something else you know there are times a, a guy or a lady is considering this guy or a guy is considering the lady and then he Ask his friend, what do you think about the lady? And then someone says, hey, that lady. No, 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 no. See somebody, somebody has blown your opportunity. Gone. You are believing God for marriage. You didn't know that um, at this month, God in God's plan is bringing somebody away. But because you didn't know that, you also didn't keep the covenant principles of God. And because you didn't keep the covenant principles of God, you did you you didn't allow the heavens to operate favorably on you. And so the month passes and everything goes like last month and you didn't know that this month was supposed to be your defining month in your life. Yeah. But how would you know? How would you know? So when you miss out a divine opportunity, most of the time you don't, you never get to know. So what I'm trying to say is that many people miss blessings and never knew there was a blessing waiting for them. Right. The one of the ways to miss blessing is to do it differently from what you know in your spirit you are supposed to do it. One of the disciplines that help people to stay committed in the things of God has a lot to do with your service in, in church and your giving in the work of God. Unbelievers don't like hearing these things at all. Why? Because it's the hot spot. If you can practice it, God's blessing flows easily. If you, if Satan can convince you out of it, you will be the, the one who loses. So unbelievers put like 
the most important of all doctrines, let me say this and I move on. The most important of all Christian doctrines, the greatest of all Christian doctrines, the most important doctrine is the Bible as the word of God. Mm. If you don't accept it, every other Christian doctrine can't make sense to you. So is it not interesting how people love to attack the word of God? They are coming to attack you on what the reason why you, sh you shouldn't believe in the Bible. Yeah. They are attacking your confidence in the word of God and in Christ. Mm -hmm. yeah. Satan's number one target. Atheists, unbelievers, anybody, they are number one target. If you want to attack Christianity hard, start with the word of God. Yeah. So in everything, you have to make sure you keep your faith in God's word. And somebody said, oh, but I can't believe everything the Bible said. That is where you know that you are not a Christian. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So it says that the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Everybody say the works of darkness. The works of darkness. Everybody say the works of darkness. The works of darkness. So let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Say the armor of light. The armor of light. So two things that we are supposed to do, cast off something and put on something. Cast off something and put on something. Now, verse, please, uh, verse 13. It says that let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering, and wantonness, not in strife and envy. Envy. Let us not walk in any of these things. Not in strife and envying. Envying. But the first 14 is where I want to end. But, but put ye on ah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Two things. It's a putting on the Lord Jesus and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the last thereof. Your flesh eh, is not there though. Your flesh is waiting to fulfill its last. And he said it's your job to not to create the platform for the flesh to be able to execute its desires. Make no room for the flesh to fulfill its last. Make no room. Make no room. Make no room. Somebody say, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. From today, I choose to know to make no room for the flesh. In Jesus' name. Now watch this. He says that put on the Lord Jesus Christ. But in verse 11, verse 12, if you remember, it says, let us put off the works of darkness and let us put on the Lord, uh, put, so put on the armor of light. Ah, so it looks like when you are putting on Jesus Christ, you're actually putting on the armor of light. It's Jesus Christ is an armor to be able to fight. Bible says there is always war between the spirit and the lust of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. There is war between the spirit and the lust of the flesh. Now, to be able to win the war between the spirit and the lust of the flesh, you have to put on Christ. He is the armor of light. You have to put on Christ. Now, how do you put on Christ? And then I'll end. How do you put on Christ? Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Galatians 2, 20 says that I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So to live 
the life of Christ. Okay, so he said, but Christ lives in me. That's how to put on Christ. To live the life of Christ, let the life of Christ that is in you begin to shine. Live that life out. That's how to, what it means to put on Christ. Don't wait, don't wait for church members to be around before you live out Christ. Don't wait for family members to be watching you to accuse you that you are behaving like a hypocrite be put up before you put on Christ. Don't wait for condition. At any point in time, every point in time, you choose that I'm putting on Christ. I'm walking in Christ. I'm living the life of Christ. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, look at this. It says that for me to live is Christ. To die is gain. That's how it means to put on Christ. For me to live is Christ. Your living dance must be an expression of Christ. For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. Oh, look at the verse 20. That's even interesting. The verse 20 says that according to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be what? Magnified in my body. That is what it means to live Christ. For Christ to be magnified in your body. Christ will be magnified in my body. Whether in life or death, Christ will be magnified in my body. That's what it means to put on Christ. To put on Christ means to live Christ. When you are living Christ, that means Christ is being magnified. Christ is being exalted. Christ is being glorified. I was believing God for a word and God put this word in my heart to speak to somebody. So I am giving us all principles of how to operate to make the blessing of God that is about to be released through the communion sure and manifest in your life. 32,000 people, 32, Gideon, he was raising an army. He went and he got 32,000 people. God said, no, there are too many for me. Too many. Let's go. And Gideon said, okay, those of you who are afraid and you are not sure you want to come, please go back. They went back and it was left with uh, 1,000. They went back, and God still said, "These these thousand, these ones are too much for me. They are too many." So now, the first ones left because they were not serious for the journey ahead. The next ones, He says that let's use the test of discipline to determine who will be included. So He said, yeah, "Apply apply the test of discipline, and let's see who will make it through the discipline." I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, we have gotten to a phase, we have gotten to a level, we have gotten to a time where it's going to take your discipline to enter into the prophetic season of God. We thank God for using His servant, Reverend Doctor David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at carries.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.